0: Welcome to Advance Your Art. If you are interested in making money from your art, using your artistic background to your advantage when switching careers, or if you're just plain stuck, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started and have some fun with your host Yorika Talbo.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or if you're just feeling stuck, you've come to the right place. Every week, I sit down with a creative entrepreneur to discuss the who, what, and why of their journey. If you like this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Fabiana Clare, award-winning pianist, founder, and director of the music, business and entrepreneurship program at, at the University of North Texas and the creator of the Musician's Profit Umbrella. And, um, amongst among many other things, Fabiana, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
0: Hello,
2: Yuri. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course, it is my pleasure. So how are things in your neck of the woods right now?
2: Things are doing great. I mean, this has been a transformational year for everyone and you know, it's a it's such a learning process and we are all in a journey of trying to, you know, thrive and overcome adversities and trying to build community at the same time and uh, remain somewhat balanced through it all. So Things are going great. Um, Trying to see all of the adversities as opportunities for growth. So yes, excited. Good,
1: (laughs) good. So I I know I gave you a little bit of an intro, but for my listeners who are less familiar with you and your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do?
2: Sure. Well, I am a pianist, a business coach for musicians, an entrepreneur, and an educator. And what I thrive in is helping musicians truly create financial empowerment without sacrificing their artistic dreams or family life. I love helping musicians find creative ways to not only build businesses, but do it in a way where they are integrating their artistic pursuits and they are keeping that Kind of burning flame alive in the process mm-hmm. of building their businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's you know that's it's it's been important for a very long time, but particularly nowadays. So I'm excited to jump into those uh, details. But before I do, I want to talk a little bit about about your background. What initially got you interested in studying piano?
2: This was truly, I would say. Uh, love for the instrument I had no models to you know to follow there was no one musician in my family I just became in love with with the concept of of music my mother bought me a little toy piano when I was like five years old or something and would sing me a bedtime tune every time every night and she once discovered that I was you know reproducing that tune in this little toy keyboard that they gave me Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that she figured maybe I could enjoy having actual lessons so it really was just through an intuitive uh, and curiosity driven activity of just you know reproducing what I heard and, and playing it out of ear just by ear mm-hmm. in the piano and um, it took a long time for me to actually have an actual real piano uh, because again it was something that was not the norm in my family i was there was no one who was a musician or anything like that um but i did start lessons and little by little i started to really fall in love with music and and to see it not only as an outlet for emotional and creative uh expression but also as a as an outlet and a refuge from any sort of like stressors or challenges or or things that would otherwise detract me from from being happy so it mm-hmm. became a very important part of my life
1: that's great so i'm i'm curious then in your your journey you your you have a very say traditional acad- academic kind of journey was that your goal from the beginning or did it evolve that way
2: um i think it evolved i don't think it was a goal from the beginning it was all the process of just again, trying to continue what I love and continue mm-hmm. in the journey of self-discovery and growth. And, and I'm a lifelong learner. And when I initially set out to study music, I was living in Cuba at the time. And I decided, you know, not only would I want to continue playing the piano, but I wanted actually to become a professional musician, which was not something that I considered a viable career as as, as a child growing up living in Bolivia. Um, even though I was at a special, like music school, it was a, a school for gifted children. So we had, you know, regular academics in the morning, and in the afternoons we had three hours of music classes Monday through Friday. So I was in a very privileged, musically, uh, you know, nurturing type of educational system uh, in a special school in Bolivia. But I never really considered music like an actual career. It Certainly, was not an option at that point. Uh, growing up and no one really thought it was a serious career but when I started traveling uh, and visiting my dad who lived in Cuba I started to see a more robust uh, infrastructure and educational system and I discovered I definitely wanted to become a professional musician and at that point all I knew is that I wanted music to be a part of my life forever I didn't really know that I was going to be pursuing so many degrees and you know culminating in a doctorate degree and everything but I just knew that I wanted to be as you know um, as polished as I could and to develop my potential as a musician as to the furthest, uh, you know, ability. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Okay, good, good, good. So, um, at what point in your career did you start focusing more on, let's say the business side of what was happening in the classical or, you know, music industry versus just the traditional, um, journey that most musicians travel?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because it really started to be more formal as I was pursuing my doctorate degree in music.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There was an option to have a secondary area of specialty. And initially I was thinking I was going to do jazz. My husband is also a pianist and he was, we were both doing our degrees together and he was doing jazz as his secondary area of specialty. Mm-hmm. And I thought I would just do that as well because I love popular music and jazz and all of that. And then I decided to, instead of of doing that, of just exploring what the business program looked like in the uh, Frost School of Music at the University of Miami, they have a wonderful music business program. And and yeah, it it was an incredible opportunity to discover not just the business side of music, but to kind of decodify the things that I had already been doing throughout my entire career. I discovered at that point that even though I didn't know what an entrepreneur meant, mm-hmm. that even though I didn't know all the structures and the systems formally, that in fact, I had already been highly entrepreneurial and I had sure. been doing a lot of things just by instance, which is, I think now looking back, it's how most musicians start. They don't really, you know, set out to be entrepreneurs. It just happens naturally because of the nature of our business. Like we have to be entrepreneurial in order to you know, sustain this career. So. It helped me connect basically the theory with the practice right Mm -hmm. Uh, and break down what i had already been doing and to maybe formalize those strategies and to decide oh okay so moving forward i can do things even better but it was definitely when i decided to you know pursue that secondary area of specialization and of course very quickly that led into my husband and i starting a business and really jumping into it full-time
1: yeah yeah, excellent. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. So tell me about the Superior Academy of Music and, and what what was the, the goal and focus of, of that organization?
2: Yeah, so as we had pursued our graduate degrees, my husband and I studied together all our degrees here in the US. Uh, we noticed that most of the students who were on full scholarships, like we were, they were all international. Like there were very few local, like American students who were on the full scholarship ride for all of our degrees. And um, attending a conference uh, in Albuquerque, Mexico, by the Music Teachers National Association back in 2010, uh, we we attended a panel where there was a select group of uh, educators and administrators and universities where they were discussing how unprepared American students were when they entered college right and how unprepared they were to even present themselves for auditions and all this like serious gap that happened with specifically American students and as we were flying back to uh, Miami uh, we just started thinking what if we were to create a school and an educational program that addresses this gap that really helps American students become more competitive that helps them not just arrive to college and have to face these huge financial, you know, decisions to further their studies and their careers, but instead to be qualified enough to compete with the international students who are coming in and sweeping through and getting all the awards and scholarships. What if we could use our experience from our background, having studied internationally and having seen firsthand this need and what happens when students don't, you know, are not ready enough? What if we were to create a curriculum that could address that? And of course, at that point it was like, yeah, okay, but how on earth would we do that, right? So (laughs) um, it just started with that question. And little by little, we started sharing this idea with mentors, with friends, and we were appointed through a mentor to a wonderful business incubator program that it turned out that our university had right there. Hmm. And it's called the Launchpad. And so through that uh, business incubator program, we were able to get a lot of support to develop a business plan and to present it into a a, a business plan competition in the college of business the school of business and to eventually have enough visibility and support to launch the business as soon as we graduated we opened the doors to our academy it's been now 10 years since we've run it
1: i wonder how is How has it uh, evolved and changed from, let's say, your early days to to what's happening now with, you know, especially particularly what happened in the last year with COVID?
2: Yeah, well, it's been really a wonderful journey uh, of learning not only how to build a business, but also how to create the right systems and mechanisms to allow us to delegate it. Um, Launching the business, getting it off, you know, through the initial first few years, which, as you know, are critical for any new business, right? proving the concept, gaining the following, getting the recurring loyal customer base, all of those things was the first step, the first phase. And five years into running our academy, we were able to have coverage on national television twice. Our students ended up winning multiple awards locally, internationally. They were indeed able to earn scholarships to attend university. So we felt that we had achieved the goals that we set out to achieve in building this business. And I was uh, invited to apply to, you know, accept the position I hold now at the University of North Texas. Mm -hmm. And at that stage, we had to really think carefully what we were going to do with our school because it's in Miami and we we were going to move to Florida to Texas. So at that point, we had to really restructure our school so that it could continue running without us physically there. And that was an incredible moment of innovation, of transformation, and of real like courage, to be honest. I mean, a lot of people thought we were crazy to just leave our school and move to another side of the country and expect to be able to run it remotely successfully, right? Right. So the first year was quite uh, challenging in terms of really getting a, a hang of how to make it all work. And my husband was the one that took the reins of most of the administration. Mm-hmm. Up until then, it had been on my plate. Um, and he did a lot of great things and innovated the model and did you know, wonderful things to make it work. Um, and it ended up becoming, after that first year, it ended up becoming really like even more profitable than when we were both there full time. Like our need to restructure the systems and operations Mm-hmm. forced us to be more efficient. And we actually realized that, you know, that helped the business be be better in a way without us having to be working so much in the business, but instead on the business. Right. And so it's been five years now that we've been running it remotely successfully. And last year, of course, with the pandemic, we are in a retail facility, we are in a mall. So we are a brick and mortar business.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, we had to completely switch to online education, as many schools had to do. Uh, and it was a challenge. It was quite a challenge to be able to continue keeping the students engaged and to keep you know, the faculty engaged and to you know, keep up with the rent payments that we had, of course, which didn't stop right. for the facility that we are leasing. Um, and so fortunately, we were able to you know, stay afloat and you know, many of our peer institutions in Miami ended up closing, which was quite scary to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, we were able to continue going through. And in the past few months that things have started to open up, we are now operating as of now under a bit of a hybrid model where we still have some online education and we are now resuming the in-person education. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, most of the students who start, who are calling, who want to, you know, start music, they, they want in-person lessons. They're mm-hmm. very much interested in in-person education. So
1: right.
2: uh, we have that basically hybrid model now where we do both.
1: Okay. Is that, I guess with, you know, with what's happened during the pandemic, do you foresee this hybrid model to be how your business will continue in 2021 and beyond, even when things, you know, let's say go back to normal, I think is a bad way to phrase it, but have like a more of a semblance of, of normality to it?
2: It could be, it's hard to tell at this point, you know, what what is going to happen. But for now, we are just focusing on, you know, sustainability and on okay. pursuing the avenues that work. Um, I'm not sure if we were, if we are going to continue this indefinitely, but at this point, if it's working, we're definitely continuing with it, yeah.
1: Okay, good to know. So tell me about then your the other role of which you just mentioned, the Music, Business, and Entrepreneurship Program at the University of North Texas. So what made you want to you know, go across the country and start this program? And, and what is this program about?
2: Yeah, well, really, I think five years into running the business, I felt like, again, we had achieved our goals. And i felt like i was somewhat at a plateau professionally i wanted more i just knew i had more to offer than i than what i was doing Mm -hmm. i just was ready for a new challenge Uh, and so pretty shortly after i made that decision i i you know i kind of set an intention to continue growing um this opportunity just kind of fell on my lap and i decided to you know throw my hat in the ring and see what happened and of course initially my husband was like are you crazy? Like, what if you get the job? What on earth are we gonna do with the business, right? And at right. that point, I was just like, ah, oh, no worry about it. Let's see how it goes. I'm just applying. Who knows? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're not making any decisions right now. Don't worry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, okay. And then, of course, lo and behold, they you know invited me to to accept the position. And then I had to you know really figure out. Fortunately, we had like eight months to really put our heads together, figure out how we were going to make it work, whether we were going to move the school or, or continue running it remotely and how that was going to all work out.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: thankfully it all did. And I was able to come to Texas, move my family. We had a two-year-old son at the time. And uh, so we moved. And, uh, and I just had this wonderful experience in creating, again, it's, it felt like just starting another business, really. It was a blank canvas that was given to me to create a program from scratch in which I would help other musicians go through basically the journey that I went through, which Mm -hmm. is to learn how to build a business while you are still in school, not just after, but Mm -hmm. while you are a student. And because I had gone through that experience of, you know, preparing a business plan competition, getting a lot of experience and support through presenting it in in an actual event, um, you know, launching a business while I was in school, opening the door shortly after, having a source of income right after finishing a degree, which is a really, really important thing, especially in the arts, right? Mm-hmm. The, the sense of knowing that you're building something while you're in school, in addition to, of course, excelling in your educational duties and, and requirements, but that you're actually building something that you can rely on when, when you're done, rather than having to wait to just be sending your resume all over the place and hoping, and keeping your fingers crossed that someone chooses you. Right. I was determined to help musicians build that Safety net on their own, and of course, if they end up getting picked down the road, fantastic, right? But not to rely on that. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. So since from the beginning, I knew I wanted to create an entrepreneurship competition, just like the one I had participated in. So I created that. I had full support from the administration at the College of Music. They were in it, you know, with my vision. They they truly believed in it, which is a great thing. And I created a you know music entrepreneurship competition, and shortly after. Um, you know, all of the initiatives and things that we were building in the program, it gained national recognition being named by Billboard magazine among the top 50 music business schools in the country. And ever since, every single year, we have gained that same distinction and recognition. And I think a huge part of that is the fact that our students not only are succeeding and excelling in their musical journey, but they're actually excelling professionally as well. They're building businesses. You know, we've had many, many students create thriving for-profit, non-profit, online, brick and mortar, all sorts of music businesses while still being in school. So that's basically the goal that I set out and I'm very happy to to be able to to look back and kind of see that, you know, what we're doing is not just educating them about the music industry, we're making them take action. So that's been a wonderful journey over the past 5 years.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, and I so I want to applaud you on that one. I I am Especially excited about what you're you're working on. I know you and I talked a little bit about this, but about my side journey into helping build something similar to this. But I, I think it's incredibly important what the work you're doing. I'm I'm also curious. There was a um, an op-ed written in Rolling Stone the last couple of days about uh, it's a, f- a former performance. Um, I think she's a, a violinist who went to Juilliard and has been critical of the Juilliards program in that they only teach their students how to get into orchestras mm-hmm. um, and how that model is dead and dying i'm I'm curious when you look at your program, how do you teach your your students who who may still be let's say um Grappling with this idea of the, you know, the classical path of I want to be in an orchestra or, you know, I want to be more of a traditional classical musician with the realities of where the future is going and how it is better to choose your own path and ways to set yourself up for success. So I'm just curious how you manage your program and and your and help your students go through that process of choosing their own way to go.
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Yuri. And it's a complex situation. It really isn't simple, I have to say, because on one end, being in an academic bubble, this is kind of what is being ingrained in their subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. By what they see, by their own professors, by everything. Like, this is kind of like the norm of like the the traditional career path, right? You either go and teach at a university, or you go and get picked up for an orchestra, or an opera company, or however, I think by exposing students to role models that are real case studies that are like existing right now in our industry and helping them see the reality where they meet not only musicians who are in you know traditional you know career paths although I would really argue that there's no such thing at this time for traditional really I mean even orchestra musicians who have full-time orchestra jobs are still creating their own businesses
0: mm-hmm.
2: on the side. I mean, it's really, this is an era where no one can hide from the entrepreneurial cloud, basically, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it doesn't really matter. Even if you have like, you know, a, a steady job, which would be considered steady quote unquote, right? Because mm-hmm. we now know that there's no such thing as steady. But uh, I think it's just so all over the place that there's no way they can just turn their eyes and not want to see it. Mm -hmm. So I bring in constantly guest speakers into the program. I'm always asking them to go on research, you know, their favorite role models and really trying to bring as much of the real world as I can into their experience. I think that has been the way to reconcile this discrepancy and this perhaps um, ancient notion of what it means to be a successful musician. And of course, Mm -hmm. my own career, my own life is all about being a role model, right? Mm being a role model for my students, being a role model for my clients, being a role model for my family, right? This is all what it, what I focus on. So just, you know, th- that's very important for them to see that, you know, I am an example of that. I am not just coming in and preaching, you should be entrepreneurial. Like I am an entrepreneur myself, right? And I'm doing this as we speak. And that is very important for them because they see me and they want to know that I am doing the things that they want to be able to do. I'm not just telling them about it. So I think for any um, you know educator or leader in these types of educational settings, it's not so much about what you say; it's about what you do, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to actually follow more of that, just like kids do with their parents. <laughs> you can <laughs> tell them what to do, but at the end of the day they're not gonna do it unless you do it, right? They're gonna follow what you do, not what you say. So (laughs) I think that's been at the center of this.
1: Excellent, excellent, that's so, so true. Uh, So could you tell me a little bit more then about your musician's profit umbrella, which sounds like it may be a similar type of setup to the program you've created at the University of North Texas.
2: Yeah, so not surprisingly, you know, my entrepreneurial bug kept coming (laughs) back at me After four years of running the program at UNT and realizing that what I was doing was really relevant and helping so many musicians create their businesses and launch their careers, people started, you know, throughout this time, reaching out to me and seeking advice and, you know, asking for suggestions and tips on how to build their businesses uh, and people from all over our industry. Right. And so I started realizing there's obviously a need for this type of, you know, approach. Uh, that expands beyond the academic setting that I'm in. And so I decided, what if I were to open up this uh, you know like superpower, so to speak, that I have in helping musicians create businesses and expand it to the rest of the world and to work with musicians from all over the place, who are perhaps at a different place in their lives, who perhaps are you know teaching at a university themselves who are, you know in in steady jobs, but they may want to expand and have an, an another income stream. So perhaps musicians who are at a different stage in their lives, not necessarily college students or not even recent grads even, right? More like people who are in a different stage trying to kind of reinvent themselves, potentially empty nesters and potentially, you know, people who are just trying to figure out what else can they create because they've achieved a certain level of success. So I've been, um, you know, used to Seeking a support system around my different endeavors ever since, as I told you, when I was a doctoral student, I reached out to this, you know, launchpad incubator program and things like that. So I've always been a fan of finding mentorship around me. Every time I wanted to set out a new project, I, I wanted to find mentorship. So Really, everything I've achieved in my life, I have to say, is in terms of major career milestones, have been not of my own brilliance, right? I like to think it is, but it's also <laughs> because I've found people and mentors who have given me the support system. So I have experienced the benefit of coaching myself in mm-hmm. different moments of my life. So I knew that this was something valuable. So I, you know, decided to, yes, this is the year, and this was before the pandemic hit. You know, I decided to just join. A wonderful coaching program uh, held by Jennifer Rosenfeld, who created this program called the Six Figure Musician Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just decided to join that program and uh, had a wonderful community around me, great mentorship, and just start the process of building a, you know, international consulting business, basically, for musicians. And a few months in, the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. and it was just a big shock, because everything I was building kind of slowly but surely, Suddenly felt like it was more urgent, Yuri, right? Now it's like, oh my gosh, the world is falling apart and musicians need this more than ever. So in a way, it it really fueled my motivation, my mission to really pull this through, right? And and create something that was going to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so a few months into it, you know, I started, you know, embracing more visibility, sharing more of my intentions with my network. And little by little I started gathering a wonderful group of musicians who ended up becoming the inaugural cohort of my musician's profit umbrella. I created it with that title because I wanted to help people understand that by uniting the different elements of their personal and professional background, they can actually become a stronger brand and create a beautiful business. Rather than feeling they only can tap into like their performer side or their educator side, my whole uh, kind of framework centered around the idea of no, it's really it's about packaging everything you have to offer, at least the, the most important things, and putting that into a business idea. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the initial concept of it, and um, you know, since then, my clients have gone on to launch wonderful coaching businesses themselves, and these are all really busy professionals who have most of them full-time jobs. So mm-hmm. they've done this in addition to their jobs, um, and so yeah, it's it's been it's been a wonderful journey of of helping these professionals really expand and kind of package all the different things that they are able to offer and and create beautiful transformational programs for ideal types of clients
1: wonderful wonderful so i'm i'm curious on how you think about fear and i i well, i'm also particularly interested because i believe you'll come at it from a couple of different angles the you know you and your own journey of figuring out what it's like to be a, you know, an entrepreneur and a musician and navigate this complex landscape. And also the fact that you work with students of many different ages and backgrounds and their own, let's say particular insecurities about their careers. So how do you think about fear in your own career and, and how do you talk to your students about the idea of fear and pushing past it?
2: That's a great question. I think the more prepared you are, the more you can manage fear. I don't think you can get rid of it, Mm -hmm. but I do know that your level of preparation and your level of confidence in, in, in that you are putting the work behind whatever it is you're trying to do is going to help you push past that fear. And I think of it from the performer's perspective. I mean, as a pianist, I mean, it's no surprise that you know, we need a lot of courage to be able to stand on stage and perform for, for, for an audience, right? right? And I have had to deal with uh, you know, fear pretty closely all my life growing up as a musician. And I have always known that the more prepared I am for a particular concert, particular performance, the better I am able to manage and, and kind of cope with any sort of stage fright or whatever you want to call it. And so I'm a firm believer that preparation is going to be the name of the game to help you manage fear. And when it comes to building your business, the more support you have around you, the more you feel that you are entering this journey with the right information, with the right guidance, with the right mentorship, the better you will able to manage that fear. It's usually when we feel alone, when we feel unprepared, that fear takes the most out of us, you know? So if you are doing the right things and finding the support system around you and and putting in the work really, then the fear is going to be there and you'll be able to manage it and you'll get better at managing it in time. But I've always thought that managing fear depends on how well prepared
1: you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Excellent. So Fabiana, with everything that you have done and experienced, what would you say has been the best advice that you ever received?
2: Um, That's, you know, I was thinking about that and I have to say our career, our, our world really works through relationships, Yuri. This is a, we are in a community, we are social beings. And the more we can embrace that social nature Mm -hmm. in everything we do whether it's nurturing our relationships with our friends with our colleagues with our family members i would have to say the best advice i've been given centers around relationship nurturing like Mm -hmm. nurture your relationships value your relationships everything you're going to achieve in your life is not going to be just because of yourself there is always going to be a relationship component to that and when I'm working with musicians, I mean, it's that thing like in the real estate industry, what's the motto? Location, 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 right? Right. In the music industry, the motto is networking, networking, networking. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So the more we can be aware of how important it is to nurture relationships, to foster relationships, to build everything we can through connection, the easier this journey is going to be. If we start feeling isolated, if we start feeling alone, which is quite common these days, given the circumstances we are all living in, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We need to be very like adamant and deliberate in seeking out opportunities for connection, seeking out opportunities for relationship building, mm-hmm. because that's what's going to fuel our, our just motivation. And it's going to also help us be successful because we need people. We can't, you know we shouldn't do things alone. So like Simon Sinek's book says, together is better. I love that motto. <laughs> so I really believe in it, together is better.
1: Yes, I, I love that, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So Fabian, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. If the listeners would like to you know, follow you online or even take your, your uh, music profit umbrella course, where can they go to do and learn about all of those?
2: Thank you, Yuri. Uh, Yeah, you can find me at fabianaclore.com. I have everything there that is my main website URL. And I would love to invite your listeners to uh, sign up for my uh, free trainings that I have on my website, which are extensive, Um, there have plenty of information there that they can uh, use and, 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 you know, brainstorm for their own careers whether you are a musician or not, if you're a creative being, I think you would gain a lot of value. So definitely, I would encourage you to visit my website, Fabianaclore.com, and uh, you know sign up for the free trainings that I have there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Let me know what resonated with you. I also have a free Facebook group called Musicians Creating Prosperity, where I'm constantly dropping in nuggets of wisdom and, and creating wonderful opportunities to add value to the community, so. Those are two great places I would encourage your listeners to visit.
1: Wonderful, thank you so much. And I will put those in the show notes so they can click right through. Thank again, you. oh, sorry, again, thank you so much Fabiana. This is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for chatting with me today.
2: And thank you for having me and congratulations on all the wonderful things you are doing. I've really enjoyed getting to learn about you and your career and your beautiful intersection between technology and arts and innovation. So thank you for being on the forefront of this as well.
1: (laughs) Of course. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you like this episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating, like, and share with a friend. Our theme music is written and mixed by Chicago-based composer Ryan Black of Black Bones Collaborative. To listen to the full catalog of our episodes, go to advanceyourart.com. To see what I'm working on or book a time with me, or buy a copy of my book, Be Left Behind, go to yurikataldo.com. Thank you so much, and have a great day.